Stay tuned now for Talks with St. Thomas Aquinas College with host Jacques Tortoroli on 1460 WVOX. everyone in Westchester. Thank you for joining us today on our third uh, show. I'm the executive in residence at St. Thomas Aquinas College, Jack Tortoroli. And with me today, I'm, I'm really happy to have our vice president for and dean of student development here at the college. So first of all, uh, Kirk, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jacques. Got Kirk Manning. So uh, Kirk, can you just give us a sense before we get into some of those things in particular, but give us a sense of your background and, and uh, some of the, you know, what are your responsibilities here at the college, um, given that you're Dean of Student Development? Sure, happy to, Jacques. Well, I grew up in Massachusetts and uh, went to a state college there, um, and then eventually ended up at Vanderbilt University, where I did my doctorate. Um, I've, I've worked in higher ed throughout my career in a variety of different settings, both public and private small and large, and uh, always worked in the field of student student affairs or student development. Um, I started out in residence life and student activities um, and have worked through a number of the operational areas. But what, what we do in student development is to attend to students' needs outside the classroom. And uh, my area encompasses almost all of the areas um, that help students to be successful, such as um, student activities, campus ministry, athletics, residence life, counseling and psychological services, um, health services, uh, and campus safety. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, a lot of responsibilities for one person. So I'm sure, uh, you know, you have some great staff under you as well working in the different areas. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair as well to say that, you know, we've got a student body of about 2,000 enrolled and so you know it's a big community of students and uh and in particular this year the focus obviously has been on getting prepared for the opening of school not only is there the pandemic that we're all living through but also we're living through social justice upheaval as well um you led and are leading kirk the the college's COVID task force um which was really formed back in july by our president ken daly upon his uh, starting his term as president i wonder if you could speak a little bit to our audience about you know what's that what that has entailed how we created it and what the role of the committee is and uh and where we are today a couple of months later sure happy to talk about that you know in, in higher ed sometimes we say that we spend a lot of work uh with committees and there tend to be a lot of committees on different things. But I've got to say that this working group, as I like to call it, has been uh, arguably the most effective I've ever had the pleasure of working with. There are 19 folks involved, and they represent the spectrum of the college community. Um, we have representatives from every area. We've been meeting uh, in July and August on a daily basis, and now twice a week uh, to prepare for what we need to do in order to stay op- uh, be open and now stay open in the, the COVID situation. So uh, there's been a lot of planning involved. And uh, now as we enter our fourth week of the semester, uh, it, it's more of the operational part and uh, staying open. So it's um, it, it's been great to work with folks who are so attuned to planning thoroughly. Um, there have really been three aspects of what we've been doing. And, and the first was the, the bedrock of all of this is testing. All Everyone in our community, uh, before they come to campus, uh, is required to take a, to- a COVID test. So that means that everyone is tested once. 
uh, whether they're an employee or a student. And then, on an, so we start with a clean slate uh, back at the beginning of September, and now we uh, test a percentage of the population every week at random to ensure that um, we are keeping track of any potential problems on campus. And uh, so the, the testing is really the first place. Uh, we do a lot in terms of monitoring as well. We have a smartphone app that people use. Um, and uh, if you answer the questions proving that you are safe and healthy, you get a green pass. We have folks working as campus health ambassadors who check that green pass as you enter the campus. Um, we also have some some really neat um, devices that are basically an iPad with some monitoring equipment. People seem to like it. It's a self-monitoring system where you go up and it checks to make sure that you're wearing a mask. It takes your temperature and uh, gives you a, a green pass and a thumbs up on the screen if you are um, if you're safe to come onto campus. So the, mm-hmm. the monitoring is an important part of it. And uh, then the bottom line really is compliance. Um, we see it everywhere. and We know that nothing Im- impacts our ability to be successful or have a problem because of COVID issues. Uh, more than students and, and people's behavior. So we've done a lot of educational activities trying to encourage folks to make good, safe choices. We stated our expectations in a Spartan pledge that all students uh, signed when they came back to campus. And um, we, we've had very good compliance in general. Uh, no place is perfect. We have had a couple of situations where we've had to invoke our disciplinary processes, mm-hmm. and we have not hesitated to do that. So um, we really need people to show us the safe behaviors and help us to stay open as a community for everyone. And, and Kirk, I know in the Rockland area, we uh, we see about a 4% positive testing rate in the population at large. What, what are we seeing on campus today? And how do you, if someone were to test positive, be it a community person, a, a commuter, uh, a student, or in fact, you know, any of our faculty or staff? What are the processes you have now to take care of that? Sure. Uh, you know, we have been pleasantly surprised that our uh, positive rates from our testing have been remarkably low, uh, so much so that we contacted our testing company to uh, verify that their tests are, are accurate and, yeah. and well vetted, and, and they are. They truly are. It's a, a major operation, and we were reassured by that. So uh, we're pleased with those results, but we're aware that there are issues uh, in the community. We've actually uncovered more uh, from people uh, who were not taking our tests but came upon uh, another test for some other purpose in the community and then self-reported to us. So we have had several folks. The, the key to our response is to make sure that if anyone is either uh, COVID positive or has been near someone who is COVID positive or is showing symptoms, that we separate that person as quickly as we can so that they don't have interactions with other people. Um, and we, we've got a really good system, I believe, to move those folks into an isolation or quarantine area um, where they can stay for a long or short period of time, depending on um, what, what the medical folks are uh, telling us is advisable. We give people the opportunity on a case-by-case basis. Uh, students can go home if that's a prudent choice, or we have space on campus for students to be isolated or quarantined if necessary. Um, we started a, a new um, undertaking this year with a, a telehealth provider, which has been very helpful for us. It's a 24-7, 365 option for students, uh, and they can meet with a, a physical 
health professional, a physician or a nurse practitioner, or with a mental health practitioner uh, 24-7 and uh, start that process. It all comes down to making sure that you're not sick, that you are safe, and if, if you are in any way unwell, that you are separated from other people and uh, that you don't spread the, the illness to others. And, and I would just say that I think we've done a great job in the real stack tradition of supporting those folks who have needed to go into isolation or quarantine. We've developed a system of case managers where uh, we check in regularly with the students, make sure that they're connected to health and uh, academic services. Um, we even provide snacks in their rooms if, if they need that. And we deliver three meals a day to them. So uh, we take good care of our students, and we've got a, a great crew of people who are providing those services to those who need them. And, and as well as it comes to finding cases of positivity uh, in the population, I know that we're working with the New York State health agencies around tracking and tracing. Can you speak to that very quickly? Sure. Um, you know, as this has all come together, we've talked with a lot of different state agencies and uh, professional organizations. There have been a lot of voices in the conversation, and uh, we, we have good relationships with those agencies, with the, the Rockland County Department of Health. We work with the State Department of Health. Uh, we've been to untold uh, webinars and educational opportunities. And uh, I, I think that we have really lived the uh, philosophy of our new president, Ken Daly, which is a philosophy of compliance plus. Mm -hmm. We want to do what we should be doing, but we want to do more than that. Right. And we have done that throughout. We've, we've had the opportunity to connect with two friends of the college in particular, uh, one a very prominent uh, physician on the national level, uh, and the other was a, a regional uh, woman who has done a lot of COVID education. She's a health professional and has done a lot of work. And they have reviewed our plans, commented on them, given us suggestions about how we can do a, a better job. We've made a couple little tweaks, but both of them came away saying, you have been so thorough. You have really been on top of this from the beginning. So we've been very pleased with that. We also, uh, right out of the box, got on board with a program at Johns Hopkins University to train contact tracers. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a crew of about 10 or 12 folks on campus who were trained through that program and have the expertise to be contact tracers. So while we work with the county um, and do everything that uh, they require us to do mm -hmm. in this uh, compliance plus spirit, we're one step ahead of that. But before they... Uh, even do anything with this, we're already taking steps to keep the community safe and get our key people moving. So that I think that's the, the key to maintaining a safe community. That's great. And, and our student population is about half commuters and half student residents in dorm life. How have you seen students reacting to the situation, you know, wearing masks, being careful who they are with and, and avoiding crowds? Um, have you seen students reluctant to leave their dorms and go to classes when they can? Or on the other side of the coin, have you seen sort of, as you mentioned earlier, some instances of noncompliance? But by and large, um, are you seeing anything around, you know, those behaviors of the students that uh, you, you're happy, you're grateful for, or, you know, better than what you expected in terms of their attitude towards saying, well, you know, I, People will ask me about our students, and I, I think that students uh, at, at all colleges, there's a lot of great students, and there's a, a lot that they have in common. I like to think that our students are just a little bit better in terms of being members of our community because I think Stack does just a little bit better job for them. And uh, what impresses me 
is the way this community takes care of each other. Mm. Um, our campus health ambassadors are out there. And again, back to Ken Daly, his philosophy is we want a thumbs up uh, approach to this. Thanks mm. for wearing, wearing the mask well. Thanks for maintaining that physical distancing. Thank, thanks for being on board with us. And I think that's gone a long way. We've had a few problems. We've contained those problems yeah. quickly. And every place is going to have a few folks who just don't get the message. But I really do believe that we can uh, set a tone and a, um, an approach because of that's what peers are doing. So mm-hmm. we've worked a lot with student leaders to get that message out of wearing the mask. Our athletes have been great. We have a lot of athletes. Um, so you, you kind of get the critical mass. You get the, the uh, expectations set. And then the vast majority of people are voluntarily complying. Uh, we all walk around a lot, uh, the, the senior administration and others, uh, during these times especially to interact with students, show them that we're wearing our masks, and um, just remind them as it's sliding down below your nose, pull it up a little yeah. bit and make sure that we're all doing the right thing. Yeah, and even the uh, the president uh, and, and the cabinet have gone to Zoom meetings now as well so to kind of reinforce that across the uh, the campus um kirk you touched upon you know student athletes and we do have a fair number of student athletes and we've had terrific teams across the different sports what's going on with athletics for stack at this point in time and and do you see um sort of games coming back and, and sports restarting at some point in the near term yeah well i am an optimist and i have been a sports <laughs> fan all my life uh, so I, I love going to games. I love supervising. I won't, I won't interrupt you to talk about the Boston Celtics and how you could possibly support them or the Bruins, but that's another conversation. Oh, Jacques, I cried a little bit last night as I watched that Celtics game. But, uh, you know, you brought, since you brought it up, growing up uh, outside of Boston, you learn to be a passionate sports fan. And uh, I'll tell you, Spartan athletics are great. Uh, our, our team, uh, our athletic director, Nicole Ryan, and all of her, her uh, staff, all of our coaches, full-time, part-time, it's a fantastic operation. And I just can't say enough about our athletes. I, to brag for just a moment, our athletes do well academically. They almost always win the community service award from our conference. Uh, and their success competing athletically, I think everybody knows about that. So we are so proud of our athletes. And uh, I know it's been a tough fall for them because we haven't been able to do fall sports. But working with our our conference and uh, the NCAA and and other authorities, we're starting to bring back athletic um, programming in a safe way. Mm. We were able to open our fitness center, I guess it was uh, a week or so ago, Mm -hmm. um, for athletes' use in supervised workouts six feet apart with enhanced cleaning protocols. We're going to open on October 1st for all students to use that fitness center on a reservation basis. Uh, it's true, we're not able to do fall sports, but we're hopeful that was, as we get into the winter and the spring, uh, we're watching what all the other conferences in the NCAA are doing. Mm. Uh, there, there's information that testing is, is getting better in terms of availability and price uh, so that there are ways that you can uh, emphasize safety first but still bring back some athletic um, activities. And we're really looking forward to the day when we get our teams back out there and uh, can can get back to what we all enjoy so much. And I, again, as you said, I'm from Boston. I'm an optimist, and I think that it's it's not going to be too long. Well, we hope so. I was actually surprised to hear that the Pac-10 and uh, NCAA football starting their season again. But 
Um, boy, we'll see. Um, no, but you, you've done a great job, as has Nicole and, and, and all of us, in terms of really making sure that we're taking safety first as the priority. And, and I'd also point out that all of the uh, testing, all of the expenses around ensuring the campus is safe have been borne by the college. And, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, we are in a fundraising uh, period of time and and we do have a silent auction up and running live. If you would uh, please go to uh, text stack, S-T-A-C, to 71760 uh, and have a look at the items there for, for auction. Uh, please bid on them. You'll see some pretty amazing opportunities for gifts and, and unique access and, and uh, just a variety of really, really nice uh, gifts in exchange for donation to acquire those. You know, and along those lines, Jack, I just wanted to say that um, it's been great working with the, the cabinet and others because I think we've looked at a lot of student situations this fall, and um, many of our students just need a little bit extra help, mm-hmm. a little bit more scholarship money, maybe a loaner computer, um, or some extra bit of love that would uh, get them through some really tough times. Yeah. And I was talking with a faculty member last week who had students taking classes remotely because they had to stay home and uh, help their younger siblings with uh, school at home while parents were at work. So we know that our our students are are really working hard to be successful, and we're trying to do everything we can, whether it's that, that extra money that comes from the fundraising or the services that we're able to tailor to help them. But uh, that's what makes us a great institution, and that's why our students uh, stay here and uh, succeed here. Yeah, f- absolutely, for sure. You know, leaving the subject of COVID for for my next uh, question, but, um, you know, obviously, and I mentioned it earlier in the opening, social upheaval is everywhere around us. Um, and, you know, you could argue temperatures are pretty high on the political debate, and in terms of, uh, you know, racism and, and social bias. Can you talk a little bit, Kirk, about what we're doing on campus with respect to social justice and how we're trying to engage students in that conversation? And importantly, I know, trying to get them to come out to vote if they're eligible to do. So if you could talk a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it, it's actually wonderful to talk about something other than COVID. I know. And uh, to be able to talk about some good things that we're doing that are really relevant at this time. Uh, and I think we're taking some, some good steps with this. On day one, President Daly convened the Social Justice and Equity Forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us were part of that at the beginning. I, I've been pleased to be part of some of those conversations. One of my staff members is a, a, a member of the three-person leadership group on that forum. They meet every week, and uh, I was at the meeting about a week ago. Um, I've got to tell you, the the contributions of the students telling their stories about what their life has been like, um, stories of of good things that have happened, stories of bad things that have happened, we're all learning a lot. Uh, And I think that the community is coming together really well to make it a priority to be as inclusive as we can and to... um, really raise the bar in terms of educating people and um, making social justice and equity a high priority at the college. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a week of activities scheduled in October with some um, panel discussions, some cultural programming, some social programming, which is being planned by that group. Uh, a large amount of that is as well as 
Um, I, I think that that's a, a great start for us early in the semester. We've had conversations about how to include that in the curriculum yep. and a faculty member who's looking at ways to uh, do some academic coursework around it. So I think we're making great strides. And uh, I, I will long remember the stories that the students were telling. And uh, I, I spoke with one afterward and thanked them for that because mm-hmm. they've really shared. And we get our best information, our best insights by talking face to face case in a zoom call but uh face-to-face uh figuratively with students and learning from them and i think that this is an area where we're really doing that yeah and our student body is essentially diverse as well a little bit less than half i guess are white and the rest are the other students are um either latino or um or african-american and so I think it's important, and, and the college as a whole, even before you know this period of our of our immediate history, has been committed to diversity and inclusion in the student body, and 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 sensitive to that. And, and as well, uh, I'll tell our listeners that um, we've also done some outreach to other prominent faculty and other universities through our stack chats to really bring, give us the the. Uh, the sort of points of view and uh, what's really going on from the point of education and society with uh, with racial biases. And I'd urge our listeners to go to Stack Chats on YouTube or to the Stack website to see a talk from Professor Chatelain, who is a professor of African-American studies, and then also see a talk by Professor Camille Burge, who is also um, a professor and, and of, of academic uh, African-American studies. So um, so it's, it's something that is not a reaction to, but rather consistent with how we have in the college over the years treated diversity and inclusion amongst our students. So, so Kirk, you've been, as you mentioned, in your, out, out, uh, in your, in your uh, upfront commentary on, on where you come from, what you've done, You've been now at Stack about 12 years, and uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of stories to tell. We won't ask you to do all that now, but what is it about Stack that sets it apart, given its size, given its location, given its student body, and, and uh, the kind of um, you know diversity of that student body? Our athletics programs, as you mentioned, are probably um, you know much stronger than people would anticipate of a college this size. So. What is it that kind of has, for you, kept you here and motivated and, and, and you know, contributing as you have for all these years at, at SAC? It's a great place. Um, and I think what really pleases me about working here is the difference that we make in students' lives. We're able to take them a little bit further, do a little bit more, exceed expectations just a little bit more. And why? I think it's a good size. It's a good structure with good people. We get to know students. We find ways to work with them. We like to say you can't slip through the cracks, and you really can't. Mm -hmm. There are people here who care and who watch out for you. And uh, I I think it's a good mix. You know, the chemistry is good, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a place to come to and feel energized and see the students and see the progress that they make. And uh, it's all the pieces coming together, but... uh, I think that we, we have great students, we have a great staff, and um, you, you put that together in the in the stew and we have great outcomes. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important as well to note that our, you know, retention rate from freshman to sophomore is right at, if not slightly above, the national average, which speaks again to the nurturing environment that we have. As, as you know, Ken Daly, our president, has said in his conversation you know, it, it really speaks to um, taking kids who may not otherwise be quite quite ready for college, but 
easing them into that uh, through coaching and mentoring and, and Stack 101 and really providing that sort of uh, support that they need, perhaps more than other students might in different colleges and universities. So I do think that speaks, um, you know, to, to what we try to do. On the, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, we have really good success with, uh, with first jobs. You know, after internships or after experiential learning opportunities given while their students are stacked, but you know, we, we do we do really well in terms of finding students first jobs. And, and at the end of the day, you know, the investment that they make on their education, you know, they need to get a return on it. And they do from whether it's companies or organizations in the area or, or afar. So um, I think that's, that's great. And it speaks to, again, the, the quality of the institution. And it's also... Uh, you know, interesting to me that I've had now, you know, yourself, I've had the, the uh, director of enrollment, we've had President Bailey on, and unrehearsed, each of you basically say the same thing, right? It's a nurturing place, it's a special place, there's a real relationship with the students, and, and the outcomes are, are really positive. Again, uh, a great reason for people to donate to help us uh, and help those students to carry on what we're trying to do and have done so well over the years. So, again, if you could please text STACK to 71760 to donate through our silent auction or dial, uh, you can call us at 917-318-1783, and I'll pick up the phone. I'll be happy to speak to you more about St. Thomas Aquinas College. And for that, Westchester, have a great rest of the morning and afternoon, and we'll see you in a week's time. Uh, see you on the radio.